we want to understand what motivates the person, not just motivates them from like, oh, a money standpoint, or I just want to get through this program, but really what's at core? What is going to drive you to change your behavior? What's going to get you out of bed every day? Why do you do what you do? Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining Jeremy and I for another episode of Navigate's People First Podcast. We are excited for you to be here. I also want to thank everyone for the wonderful support that you've given our podcast. Please keep giving us suggestions. Leave those reviews. Be sure to subscribe. I also want to say it's National Gratitude Month and National Veterans and Military Families Month. So thank you to all those veterans and military families out there serving our country. Jay, it's Gratitude Month. When you think about Gratitude Month, where's your head go? My head goes family. I couldn't do any of the things I do without the support of my family. Of course, my wife, <laughs> she has to put up with quite a bit. So I have a lot of gratitude there. I also want to express uh, my gratitude for my mother, my sister, her husband. They just got back into uh, a new life for them. The, he retired from the military, so they've been moving around a lot. How many years? 20 years. 20 years. 20 plus years. Uh, so they're uh, back in Florida and, and not starting over, but starting a new chapter of their life. So that's really exciting. We have a lot of uh, military family members, lots of cousins who are in uh, Army, Air Force, et cetera. So, yeah, just want to express a lot of gratitude for my family. I love it. Uh, I'm going to hold my gratitude till the end for the uh, best day ever segment, which you guys know. But I'm really excited this month. I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Kent Bradley, retired Army colonel, former board member of Common Spirit Health. Concentra. Kent led Safeway Health for many, many years and is now the Chief and Health Nutrition Officer at Herbalife. Colonel Bradley is a graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point, holds a master's degree from the University of Minnesota, an executive MBA from the University of Denver, and a medical degree from the Uniformed Services University Health Sciences in Bethesda, Maryland. He's also founder of Core Communities, a nonprofit that supports healthy communities by creating content that encourages conversations on important issues. With much gratitude. I'd like to say he's also been a mentor of mine for over a decade. He's one of my favorite people to learn from, to listen to. He could go by coach, doc, colonel. He prefers Kent. And so Kent, welcome to the Navigate People First podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Grateful for you to just take the time and be with us. Awesome. Well, thank you. It is an honor. And you know, that feeling is mutual. I, <laughs> I have, uh, learned a lot from you as well. And it's great to be with people of kindred spirits. And, and that's how I feel every time I come in contact with you and, and anyone you're associated with. So it's great to be a part of the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. This is great because Kent's talked to our clients. He's talked to our, our employees before. And so having him here on National Veterans and Military Month and all the things that he's done, this is just a good day for me. What's also kind of fun too, I dug into those that are watching this on video, you're going to see this old brown book, even with the coffee stains in it. I've got notes from Kent and I's first meeting in the lunchroom at Safeway Health, where he was gracious enough to listen to me about some Iowa guy who was trying to use employee well-being as a source of connection to build community of care and really you know, help people combine their purpose with the purpose of their company. And we kind of just hit it off from there. And 
one of the, the big things I've, I've got in my book that I loved outlining today was you've always talked to me about we are formed by our experiences. And that's one of the lines that, that I, I continue to, to look at my notes and say, when you think about all your experiences in public health, health systems, a large retail grocer, and now a global organization, talk to us about how you've been formed by your experiences and where you are today. I think that is a truism that we, if we reflect on, it's a very humbling message as well. Because if we believe that we are formed by our experiences and we are at a place where we are uh, doing quite well, it humbles us to realize that it's only by the wonderful experiences that have been cultivated by others to get us to where we are today. And if people are not in, in such a good place, it's hopeful because there are new experiences that could become part of their future that they can have. So yeah, I've been very blessed to have both a family beginning and a family extension through my time in the military to my professional career outside of the military to be formed by uh, wonderful individuals who have spoken into my life and helped me in my journey. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited about all the people and grateful, uh, since it is a day of gratitude, grateful for those experiences and specifically the people who've spoken into my life uh, along the way. Kent, you're one of the most well-traveled persons I've ever met in my life. When you think about your experience in the Army, talk to us about how that has framed up your habits, perhaps a source of connection to others. How did the Army and how has the Army helped you along your path? Well, it's hard to imagine that I was a kid that graduated high school with hair down to my, my shoulder length. Tough for me to vision right now, but... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, to that end, you know, the military very much began with my time at West Point to inculcate in me a certain amount of discipline that I think I needed at that time in my life. That discipline also was focused around something that I think is critically important. Uh, it's part of your motto of doing good. And that's uh, something above oneself, outside of oneself. One of the things I think is critical for, at least for my development, and I think for a lot of individuals, is really understanding that which is outside of themselves. I call it their spiritual side. You know, from a well-being perspective, we've got the body, the mind, and then we've got this thing called the spirit. And, and for me, that is also a recognition that there's something other than ourselves that should be our focus. And that is doing good is really a part of a spiritual journey per se. And for me, the military helped me realize that it is service before self. It is about something bigger than yourself that allows you to really stay purposeful in your actions and your deeds. Jay, we talk about mentorship at Navigate quite a bit. And we look at how is mentorship valuable to the individual, how is mentorship valuable to the mentor, the mentee? Talk to us about maybe how mentorship has impacted you or a mentor in your life and how you kind of brought that to your life and your career development. For me, mentorship has really been the latest phase of my career. I feel like at, at a certain point in your career, as you sort of climb the ladder, if you will, your job becomes more and more about the people that you're there to take care of, that you're there in service to. And I like to think about my job 
not as a, an executive or not as a as anything other than a leader, someone that is there to enable other people. For me, it's become a very healthy way to look at work. I get to take that servant mentality and put it into practice and put it into a context that works for my personal experience. That's where I see myself right now is I have plenty of things I need to do, plenty of responsibilities through day to day and PowerPoints and spreadsheets and meetings. But at the end of the day, I like to think of myself as a mentor and a leader. And that's to me, the most fulfilling thing about my job these days is being able to help other people. And you're good at it, man. I think that's where, you know, from that initial conversation that I had with Kent sitting in this lunchroom and, you know, how can we use our well-being programs as a source of connection? And is that connection to one's purpose? Is it a connection to help communicate? Is it one to help create this community around someone's mindfulness and being connected to someone? I also think about, is it about what's my purpose and can I align that with my business? And we start to see where Navigate has gone over the past decade plus, like, I guess I'm grateful that we've kept that in our mindset because that's our culture is important. We're making those connections. We're creating this community and we have to invest in the communities that we're serving. That's helped us create and formed our experiences to where we are today. And Kent, you know, you've helped me along my pathway. When you've looked at mentors in your life, what do you look for or how do you look for them when it comes to your growth and in your life and how you've done that working with me and others that you've worked with? Yeah, I think at the root, they are people that care. There are a lot of individuals out there that have a lot of knowledge and they have a lot of experience and they're happy to tell you a lot. <laughs> but a mentor is somebody who cares deeply about you and the journey that you are on not that they have been on. They take what they've learned and their experiences, but they're really focused on your journey and have your best interests in mind. And they do that by, I think, a critical skill of listening and questioning, asking questions, helping you explore for yourself the path that's going to be right for you. Mentoring versus coaching they're very intertwined, but I often think of mentoring in the, in the context of career development, you know, your professional journey. Coaching could be about anything, right? But the skill of coaching, which is this listening, open-ended questions, reflection applied to an individual and their deliberate desire to figure out their career projection is where I think the two come in, in hand. So. I guess more succinctly said, it's somebody who has the coaching skills, who deeply cares and understands that their role is helping you find the best path for you professionally. You've been in the business of behavior change for many years. Where does someone's personality play in behavior change? Ah, that's a great question. You know, I think we show up many different ways. And how we are wired from a personality perspective is usually linked into how we relate to the world, the energy we get, you know, whether it's extroverted or introverted, how we intuit or sense the world, and then how we also make decisions, think about where we're thinking versus feeling, you know, those kinds of constructs. For me, personality is only instrumental in the, in the sense of how we interact 
the more important thing is what do we want to achieve? And I think a person who is mindful of how their personality impacts what's going on and they have the ability with self-awareness to dial up or dial down aspects of their personality in order to become effective is a critical skill that's needed. And so it has a role to play. It could be something that is extremely helpful when you are fully cognizant of how it's showing up and impacting whatever's going on. Jay, being mindful of one's personality, that's kind of the genesis of where we created Navigate You, which I'm super proud of and excited about being that differentiator in the marketplace for us for Navigate and being the only one that has democratized that to anybody that we work with has the opportunity to engage that in their well-being program. When you think about Navigate You and effective mentoring or effective management, where does that come into play of how being utilized that you're seeing so far? It goes back to the beginning of well-being and that the original concept was to empower individuals, right? In it's the beginning in a fairly limited way and a fairly focused way on healthcare. But I think now that we've expanded the definition from wellness to well-being to a holistic approach, that well-being in general's mission is to help you to open those doors to play a digital mentor, if you will. And I think it'll continue to evolve in that road. It'll take from just what your employer is asking you to do to being a tool and a front door to, like Ken said, ask those open-ended questions and then help you get to where you need to go and help you self-actualize where you need to go. And I think the personality assessment is going to allow us to do that in a way that no one else can, whether that be us connecting mentor to mentee, whether that, us, that be us connecting a coach to a patient, whether that be just simply drafting better emails and better communications, I think that's going to play a role in allowing us to help individuals help themselves in a way that they've never been able to do before. And that's a growth mindset. Kent, he's spoken to at our national conference, that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Will you elaborate that a little bit? Because one of the things you continue to coach me on is asking more questions than making more statements. I mean, this is in my, this is locked in my head. So when I think about that growth mindset, you just elaborate with that, those making statements, asking questions. Would you like touch on that? I think that's something that really connects to personality and coaching and behavior change. Yeah, you know, I didn't coin the term. Actually, it was uh, Carol Dweck, a PhD in psychology, who's really furthered this concept around growth versus fixed mindset. You know, a fixed mindset is understandable where we tend to think about things that aren't changeable or easily changeable. A growth mindset realizes it's it's around effort, not about my personality, right? A growth mindset realizes there's we're constantly able to to see and change, and we're not fixated on how we are. I like to think of it this way as well, and it just occurred to me, this is more of a recent thought, and that is we often like to talk about how we are. It's like for those of us old enough to remember Popeye, you know, I am what I am, you know, this being, this is who I am, where really transformation occurs based on a thinking of what do I want to become? Becoming is a constant process of beginning. And if we realize that we can become almost anything we, we want to become, but it requires an understanding of beginning, we have to begin somewhere on that journey and take 
intentional steps of action, of behavior change, whatever it is, then what we act upon essentially creates our destiny or of, of what we become. I guess the critical question for me in that growth or fixed mindset is realizing that this is what I am today, but what do I want to become tomorrow? And if we have that mindset that I can become something other than what I am today, that goes back to mentoring, Jeremy, what you're talking about, helping as we talk about helping individuals see that I may be a manager today, or I may be in this position today. I may be a military doctor today, but what is it that I want to become in the future? You know, I want to be a person of impact, which then allows me to think, well, well, I could work in the private sector. Well, I'm not bound to the realities of today when I realize in a transformative way that in order to become something other than what I am now, it will require a certain amount of activities or actions, which I'm fully capable of doing. To me, that's freeing. And that's a growth mindset. It's an understanding that we're, we are not uh, stuck in clay but we are really the molders of that clay to the future, which we want to see. We talk about career growth as a pillar in one's whole well-being, that holistic approach to well-being. I'll throw a little Ted Lasso in there. You got to be curious. Be curious first, right? When I think about the most successful people that I've been around and folks that have connected with me is those folks that are curious and they want to learn and they want to connect. It's such an advantage of my own mental health and my own mindset of how progressing that, I would say my dad calls it grit. And, you know, on every wall of his four sons offices is the man in the arena speech. And it's about grit. It's about perseverance. It's about persistence. And that plays and that pays. And so staying in that mindset, Jeremy, when you think about like career growth and well-being and that growth mindset, where do you go when it comes to persistence and grit and kind of connecting those dots? I go to thinking about how you want to apply that. And I think in a career mindset, we often get focused on what do I want to do in my job? What do I want to achieve? And I think that's healthy. That's good. And for a lot of people, that is exactly what we want to be talking about. But I think we need to be broader in that and grit and persistence and setting goals and saying, who do I want to be with that growth mindset doesn't necessarily apply to your career. could apply to who you want to be as a person. And maybe that's a healthy way to start as well from a career growth standpoint. Who do I want to be? I want to be a kind person. I want to be a loving person. I want to be someone that people can rely on. And I think starting from those core values of what you are as a person, what motivates you and what drives you and what fills your cup is the best place to start. And if you have those values like grit and perseverance and, and stick to itness, I think you're going to be able to achieve whatever you want. If it's career related, if it's personal focus, if it's family, if it's giving back in the community, I think all of those are valuable lessons that are going to allow you to achieve what you want. You got to figure out what it is you want to achieve first. It's a great point. And buddy, I always talk about, we always talk about this, like be a multiplier. And I stole that straight from Kent is like, be a multiplier and serve people. So how, how are you being a multiplier? And it's kind of funny. I'm looking at these notes and I've got in big giant letters, be a multiplier be a purpose-driven company, look for opportunities to serve others and connecting that dot that sounds like navigate a little bit. Kent, when you talk about being a multiplier and you've been one for over a decade, like how have you seen being a multiplier and looking at opportunities to serve has helped you in, in your career and, and what you've done with multiple avenues of, of work? 
Wow. Well, that was a big question. Yeah, yeah. I was still stuck a little bit on the person in the arena, Teddy Roosevelt. Here's a little kind of interesting. I was given the opportunity as a high school senior in 1980 to be the speaker at the, uh, my high school graduation. And I used that Teddy Roosevelt quote. I did not know that. Of all the things I know, I did not know that. That's awesome. <laughs> I guess it speaks to kind of how, where my head was at, even at that age in my life journey. But yeah, I did believe at that time, and I believe today that it requires us to be willing to be out there doing, not just saying. My mom once told me uh, when I was in my early teens, she was troubled with me because I wasn't doing a lot. I was saying a lot. And, and she goes, sometimes, Ken, you're so heavily minded, you're of no earthly good. I took that to heart and I realized that it's, it's more than just saying. Saying is important. We have to say the right things, but it is about action. And that's why I love doing good. It's more than just saying good. You have to do the good. But as it relates to persistence, and if, if I can go back to the question, if I even can remember. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that persistence is critical. Persisting in that which you know is the right thing to do is a part of the trajectory of what will get you there is an important part of success in any endeavor. I think the, the multiplier that you asked about has to do with the fact that when I think about force multiplication for my military days, it's the combined effect of the disparate strengths of the different parts of a military unit. We call it combined arms. You know, I want to get into all the military part, but I put that into the translation of human resources or translation into company and organizational impact. It's the recognition that I can be a force multiplier as I collaborate and I integrate and I work very successfully as part of a team because the team is going to create the amplification effect. And so I think to the extent that I am aware of my own limitations as well as my strengths and collaborate effectively within the organization, that's how I can have an impact that is a multiplier. So that's why I kind of hesitated initially when you asked the question, because I don't see it as me as a force multiplier. I see the team as a force multiplier as I am willing through humility and awareness to lock arms with my colleagues in order to achieve a particular objective. It's a great point on, on locking arms. I think about our HR teams that are out there and they're locking arms with the benefits, HR, finance, to provide the right resources at the right time. And when we think about what can help you get there in your life, there is different for so many different people. And Jay, you know, another thing we've talked about that we've seen tremendous traction is our findhelp.org and looking at how providing just that tool to our HR folks to be able to say, when we think about social determinants of health, we think about how to help people get there, there's different. So how can they search on their own, how a particular niche could like really get the resources that they need at the right time? As we're playing in that, doing good for other people and serving them, how do you, how do you see that findhelp.org being integrated inside navigating all of our solution helping out the HR side. I think to, to use some of Kent's terminology, I think findhelp.org can be a force multiplier for HR. It allows them to project value 
outside of their individual capabilities because we've brought that service into the platform that they already have. And, and Navigate looked at it and said, this is just something we're going to do because it's, it's the right thing to do. We need to get this service out to as many people as we possibly can. And it allows people to go out there and find help on their own. Maybe they don't want to talk to somebody about it. Maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they don't have anybody to talk to or don't, don't perceive that they do. And they just need a little bit of help. So findhelp.org is out there for every one of our HR professionals, every one of our participants on the platform. And since this is Veterans Month, we've got a little bit of stats around who's utilizing this platform. In the past three years, more than 160,000 veteran-related searches on findhelp.org, primarily around things like housing, food, and money. That's just direct people reaching out and needing a little bit of assistance. And us and the HR teams being able to connect them to local resources that are already in place doing those good things. I look at a service like that and it wasn't a ton of work for us to do, but it feels so good <laughs> that we are able to provide a multiplier. Yeah. It feels like it. I think there's a certain appreciation to people being able to just, you know, self-subscribe and be able to get what they, what they need when they need it. Kent, I know you're passionate about assisting veterans. When you think about supporting veterans and really focusing on that. What advice would you give HR folks that are out there listening today about supporting veterans and maybe even amplifying their hiring when it comes to veterans? It starts with the individuals who signed on the dotted line to volunteer to serve their country and really have, I think, an understanding of selfless service, duty, you know, purpose, uh, a purpose-driven aspect to what they have lived you should be addressed in and it's true even if you're not a veteran helping individuals see how they play into the purpose of the company and how the company has a purpose for their community and the population at large is a critical element of helping them feel like what they're doing is adding value i think the other aspect that i have come to appreciate especially for my own transition is that veterans have a two things. One, here at Herbalife, we have an employee resource group specific to veterans, and we just had a Veterans Day message, and the veterans are helping lead certain holiday volunteer giving programs to the community. Again, connecting back to that service before self and, then, and the desire to help others. And so I think employee resource groups are a tremendous asset, whether it be veteran specific or otherwise. The other aspect I would say is that for veterans is, is that they have a lived experience often that is surprisingly large in their responsibility at a very young age. And so they're used to having been empowered and given responsibility that far outweighed their age or their position in terms of the civilian sector. And so tap into that. You know, when people have been given that empowerment, they, I think, would benefit and flourish under a structure that recognizes and taps into that potential that they have, or they've already demonstrated, just not translated to the civilian sector necessarily. Kent, how have you taken, when you think about coaching, mentoring, coaching, Behavior change, then Jade, I want to bring this back to you too, is like, we'll be launching our, our own proprietary coaching platform in January of this year. We spent a lot of time listening 
of what a good coach is, what a good curriculum is, how do we connect, how do we engage. Kent, when you've looked at how you've incorporated your growth mindset, the listening aspect of your DNA, how has that translated into how you're coaching today and how you're building out the coaching modules and, and the coaching behavior change applications, combining that with the science that you know together to help people along their pathway? I think one of the biggest aha moments for me has been the positive culture that I witness with these independent leaders, entrepreneurs who are successful. That positivity and that appreciation of the possible and the appreciation of the of what you have done in the past as a founding for confidence for the future. Often we forget about that. You know, it's funny, so much of our lives and our early days is one of possibility, but somehow through the course of life, we begin to limit ourselves. And I think part of the coaching process is definitely about connecting and listening and understanding and helping explore through open-ended questions and through reflective statements, helping a person sort out. But what I see has been really instrumental in my understanding of coaching is the art of appreciating. And what I mean by that is helping the individual appreciate what they have already within themselves. We have so much capability. I mean, let's face it, a child from the day they're born knows nothing at the age of two, can one rock and uh, run, walk, communicate, <laughs> you know, they've learned so much in just two years. And yet we tend to think that we cannot in two years at our age, suddenly transform ourselves. We don't appreciate all the things we already have within us to be able to affect. So many times I, I can imagine, you can imagine, you have, have heard these, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, you know, I, on simple things, you know, uh, running a 10K, I'll ask, can you run? Oh, I can't do that. The, when did that begin? So to appreciate, well, you've done X, Y, or Z already. Uh, surely you can do this now. I think that is a critical added element to the coaching, which is a style. There's actually a, a specific thing called appreciative inquiry from an organizational design perspective where you can apply appreciative inquiry. But it goes to the point of, of appreciating and helping an individual appreciate that I think has been a, a significant added dimension to how I think about coaching today. Interesting take, because we're going in a similar direction as well. We're obviously going to use tried and true methods, cognitive behavioral therapy or theory in motivational interviewing. Those are going to be cores of, of what we're doing. But at the beginning, we're going to, going to be doing a values assessment. We want to understand what motivates the person, not just motivates them from like, a, oh, a money standpoint, or I just want to get through this program, but really what's at core? What is going to drive you to change your behavior? What's going to get you out of bed every day? Why do you do what you do? You know, the appreciation approach to me feels like the other head of the same coin is what drives you and what do you appreciate in life? I think those are, are very similar. And I'm I'm glad to hear that's the, that's the approach you guys are taking too. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you address this issue of motivational interviewing, really. I mean, it's the technique of understanding what motivates a person. Change is easier when you're motivated. <laughs> and that's, motivation isn't a rah-rah speech. It comes from within and helping a person while discovering what motivates them as a starting point 
to change is, is a critical aspect that you allude to. The appreciating the other side of the coin, once there's a motivation, there's also has to be a confidence that they can change. That's called self-efficacy. Albert Bandura, a psychologist, he wrote a whole piece on this concept of self-efficacy. So yeah, there are two heads. One is around the easier starting point is what will motivate the individual from within. And then the confidence to take the action is, I think, the other side of the coin that you're alluding to. I love the combination of being curious, listening, be open to learning, being optimistic, making that connection for those simple, small changes that build into something bigger. We are formed by our experiences and all those experiences kind of help us get to that next level. We do have one segment left, and this is my favorite segment. This is the Vest Day Ever segment. As folks have been watching and listening, I tend to wear vests and perhaps my love for American history and American engineering and Gene Kranz, who served as the first chief flight director at NASA. So Vest Day Ever. We need to remind ourselves and appreciate and show gratitude and all the wonderful things we have going on in our lives. And so one of the things that I get to do is I get to kick this off, but then I also get to, I got to do two today. Okay. So I got to kick it off and I need, I get to end it. Okay. So just throwing it out there. So one of the first things I just want to throw out there, which is it's my good, it's our good for the people of Navigate. And I think the good for the people in our market is that this week we are proud to announce Navigate is partnered with McCarthy Capital to accelerate our growth. This has been a journey for us at Navigate. We embarked on a meticulous search to identify that ideal investment partner that aligned with our purpose-driven approach. And Kent and I have had multiple conversations. He's mentored me on what to look for and looking at this. And, you know, we are really drawn to McCarthy Capital because one, their value system, their profound comprehension of our industry, the alignment with our vision, and really looking at their track record of taking companies and fostering that growth of bootstrap organizations that they see high potential in and, and taking them to the next level. And so we've got ambitious goals at Navigate and we want to do more good for other people. And so we think about doing good for our people, doing good for our clients, doing good for our industries and the communities we serve. We saw that McCarthy Capital could play a pivotal role in propelling us to the next level. And so I'm blessed, I'm honored. And all of us at Navigate are grateful to just be able to say, we're going to take our company to even greater heights than it is today. And McCarthy Capital is going to help us. And having that multiplier with us at Navigate, I'm just looking forward to even forming even more experiences moving forward and how we're going to do some more good. So that's my good. Jay, where are you at, brother? I can't reiterate enough how excited I am for the opportunity we're going to have here at Navigate to help even more people. But I'm going to, I'm going to bring it down to a very, very small level. My good is we were traveling not too long ago out of town, you know, basically two or three weeks in a row. I came back one day and I had a little note, a little uh, post-it note on my monitor that said, we really missed you or glad you're back. That was it. That's made my month. I'm still <laughs> thinking about it. I'm still talking about it. And you know what? It might've been super intentional or it might've just been a throwaway, but either way, it made my, made my month so far. So that's my best day ever is, is just the little expressions of gratitude that can really make a difference. That's a good one, man. A little post-it note. Dr. Bradley, give us a good. Yeah, there, I have so many goods that happen every day. I'm just continually grateful. Uh, the one that sticks to my mind is I just got back yesterday evening from Asia. I happen to have been traveling in Vietnam for Herbalife and 
It was uh, astounding for me, one, being a military veteran, my father having served in the Vietnam War to be in Ho Chi Minh City. And just the amount of love and warmth I received was just overwhelming. It was a, a great several days there. One sticks out as, as I visited a Herbalife distributor who uh, had a nutrition club. And uh, there were thousands of nutrition clubs independently operated in Vietnam. And I sat there watching purposely. I showed up not for any fanfare, just to watch the nutrition club in action. And these individuals were coming in from the community to get a shake and have conversation. And uh, then this 82-year-old woman walked in and I tear up, think about it. I took a picture with her. Uh, she was brand new. She was seeking a sense of community and a sense of guidance on how to navigate life now that she's in her 80s. And I felt just so good about what I'm doing and, and I'm a part of at this point in my life. As you know, I, I could go on about good because every day there's goodness happening. And that was the one that just I just left from, <laughs> literally, and, uh, and I, as I came back to the United States. So blessed to be part of this conversation. And congrats, by the way, on the recent announcement. I think that that is exciting and I'm excited for you and your whole team. Thank you, sir. I said I get to bring it back. So Kent, you're one of my and this nation's greatest natural resources. You've been a mentor, a friend, a counselor to me over the years. You met with our team during prep time for this. And this has nothing to do with me. This is our team bringing this together. You've got our marketing team and the wonderful people that built this, Kin, Sid, and Lids, the entire team, Leslie on the marketing side that's in charge of our give back. They presented this to me yesterday and I kept it together. But because of the meeting you had with them, all of us, and you being an awesome resource and mentor and friend, our team at Navigate will be doing a two month long give back. And I'm happy to say that Navigate will be supporting a few things over the next two months. One of them is a Festival of Trees here in Des Moines, where we're gonna honor the heroes that are our doctors and nurses. That kind of represents your work in the healthcare system. We'll also be supporting Blue Star Mothers of Iowa, the group that assists military families with children serving in military guard reserves um, and veterans. We're also gonna be supporting Operation Gratitude. We're gonna be writing letters and creating gift boxes for our deployed troops. And then lastly, and I know this is one that's dear to your heart, is we'll be making a donation on behalf of Colonel Bradley to the Toys for Tots as a multiplier of good for the kids this Christmas as part of our give back as well. So, sir, you've been a multiplier for me, your multiplier for the do good things that our team put together. Our tree is actually going to be Captain America tree this year at Festival of Trees, which is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I just want to say thank you for what you've done for me and all the things you've done for others, the way you serve. You're one of the good ones out there, Kent, and we're blessed to know you and just keep doing good. And thanks for being part of that. And we're gonna show our gratitude by supporting hospital systems, military families, and those that are deployed. Thanks for uh, sharing that message with our team and helping us be a multiplier. Thank you, Troy, I appreciate uh, that uh, touched me. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing. Jay, thanks. Kent, thanks for joining us. Everybody that helps production of our podcast. Thank you guys. You do it flawlessly. Um, I'm grateful for that. Continue guys, show your gratitude to your family, your friends, 
and the U.S. military as often as you can. Be positive, have optimism. There's good in every single day. Thanks for joining us on our podcast this month. More to come, and we'll see you next month. See ya. Bye-bye.